0: Welcome to the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast, coming to you from DraftKings Studios, with your hosts, Kyle Morganoni and Matthew Betts.
1: Welcome in, one and all. No Kyle today. No Southern draw.
0: But it's it's Matthew Betts and Andy Holloway today. How you doing, Matt? Oh man, so good. I was gonna say for a second, Kyle, you sound really different. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, More it's, intelligent, better looking. Definitely uh, all the above. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I am doing great to answer your question. I'm super excited for the show. Um, hopefully, Andy, you can you can bring a little magic here to the show. We told people that if they listen to the show, they're guaranteed to win the Millie Maker this week. So, no pressure. That's,
1: yeah. I mean, at, at least 25% of the time when you play it, you'll win it if you tune in today. Yep. No, this is, this will be a lot of fun. I mean, you and I've never, I don't think we've ever done a pod together, right?
0: Ooh, I don't think so, actually, which is shocking over the years.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was kind of a badge of honor for me. But at this point, the, those walls have been broken down. Now, no, I'm just kidding. We love you, <laughs> Betsy. Um, no, this will be a lot of fun. I mean, DFS. I mean, for for those of you listening, you've been privileged to enjoy the insights of of Kyle the and Matthew Betts throughout uh, all of 2021 so far. Um, you know, us on the on the footballers' side, we have been thrilled with just the the listener response to the advice you guys have given and the level of um, effort and insight that you've provided. And so, for me, this is this is a great privilege to be able to walk through the show with you today because. DFS is new for all of us out here in Arizona. And so while I did have a very fortunate uh showdown result in one of my games, I'm still brand new. And so I think at the same time as we walk through this show today, um I'm taking it as much as I can. I'm 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 part host, part listener as well as we break these things down and and I'll certainly share with you like I've had a lot of fun developing my own strategy around dfs and, and gleaning a lot from you guys um as as i dip my toe in for the first time and this is exciting because more and more states are, are able to do this and
0: um it should be a lot of fun yeah man are you uh, are you enjoying the dfs process so far i know it's brand new like you just said like what's been the what's been the most fun part about it other than <laughs> almost winning a million dollars but uh yeah i mean that that was new, number so. one yeah of <laughs> course that was the best part <laughs> of course no, yeah. i think I was going to hey, say, as someone, one, go ahead. As, as someone who hasn't played before, we get a lot of lo- new players, new listeners that are like, I- I'm dipping my toe in, I don't know what to do, but you have had success. So maybe you can share real quick before you start the content for the yeah. show. Like, h- how do you jump in as a new player? Because I-, I feel like we get a lot of those questions.
1: Sure. Yeah, I think what... One thing I'll say is it surprised me how much I love DFS. Like, we have always been partners with DFS uh, companies, with the Fantasy Footballers podcast, and, you know, we've never been able to play. So we've done, you know, like free tournaments and things like that where we can engage. But obviously you guys have kind of uh, taken that mantle on the DFS side, and you guys have been able to play. I wasn't expecting to love it the way that I love it. I, you know, we also got sports betting in Arizona. So we've been able to dip our toe in there and on the DFS side, and we've obviously got our, our redraft leagues and dynasty leagues. And I just found myself more drawn to DFS than the sports betting side. Like, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the – maybe I'm OCD and I like pulling down the old screen and seeing the refresh of my placement throughout the day. I don't I don't know if it's the fact that, like, you know, we we're so used to being in the fantasy football redraft world that, you know, just something new and exciting to check for these games and having a little extra skin in the game has been fun. But I've enjoyed it. And for us, you know, or at least for myself, you know – I haven't approached it with a. Uh, I don't know. Did you see the video of Big Ben with the me- the the throw mechanics video that's been going around?
0: <laughs> the one where he falls down to the right? <laughs>
1: no, 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 no. He he had uh, Chris Sims in- interviewed okay. him. Uh, it was I think it was old, and I'll, I'll make the comparison here. But like he asked Big Ben, he's like, like Chris Sims is a real like passer mechanics nerd. And he's yeah. like, oh, what do you have the two five grip on the hand, and do you do this thing and that? And Big Ben had no clue what he was talking about. Big Ben was like. No, I just I just find the receiver and throw him the ball. Like he's never worked with a quarterback coach. He's never worked on his mechanics. He's never tried to refine a mechanic. Like it just came naturally to him. And so I in some ways I feel like my approach to DFS has been well, we've been we've been reviewing games for for 10 years. And so I've been in the narrative world. I've been in the world of like I'm building these like for the showdown series things, I'm building narratives. And then I'm building my lineups out of these narratives. And I don't know if that's good or bad, but I've had some <laughs> success doing it. And it's been fun to take the things that we know on the fantasy football side and then combine that with DFS. And, um, you know, as, as the weeks have gone by, I've I've become more acclimated with like our lineup generator and the DFS pass and, you know, doing some more. You know, I hear you and, and Kyle talk so much about, you know, these different, uh, you know, exposure levels for certain players and philosophies around DFS. But man, it's just been really fun to engage with something new.
0: Yeah, for sure. And once you have that first sweat, uh, you're hooked. So yes, <laughs> if, if you haven't played a ton of DFS, if you're just joining in for the first time with us today, come check out the DFS Pass. Come play with us. That's what we want with you guys. Uh, it should be a fun show.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm seeing here, you know, we got another listener screenshot from this past week. Uh, coming through on Twitter, somebody bringing home 5800 bucks on 227 in entries. That'll work. That's exciting. That, that'll that work <laughs> on a weekly basis. I The funny story about my, my shared Millie Maker win is that, and I don't know if you've heard this or if I shared it in the Slack, but I wasn't following along. I didn't do the sweat. Right. I, ha, I had a friend I hadn't seen in like two years. I had to meet him for coffee, and I'm like, I'm not going to be that friend that's checking his phone constantly. I know I'm kind of in it, but I was in the hundreds or something at the time. And man, I got towards like an hour into that combo, and I just happened to pull down and check it for the first time. And I'm sitting there in first. I'm getting phone calls from people. (laughs) But um, there's something to be said about, like, kind of, it's probably pretty fun to check it at the end of a game, too. So it goes both directions. Definitely. All right, let's jump right in. Straight cash, homie. Oh, this is great. I get all these new drops that I get a push on this side. This is fun. So fun. So fun. All right. So what do you got at the quarterback position this week, Betsy?
0: Yeah, if you're looking to spend up this week, there's no negative things to say about Kyler Murray. I mean, what he is doing right now is insane. This Cardinals offense, over 400 yards of offense in every game so far this year. It's got a nice total on the slate. So if you want to pay up for safety at quarterback this week, we like Kyler Murray, he is 8k on DraftKings, so it is expensive, but on FanDuel it's way more affordable just because their pricing is a little softer. So you can get up to Kyler Murray at eight and a half thousand over there. And the other name I'll throw out as well, Justin Herbert, 6.8k going up against Cleveland. Um, Herbert just seems so dialed in and so safe right now. Seven passing touchdowns over the last two weeks, and I feel like the Browns have kind of been this Jekyll and Hyde type of defense, right? Like we've seen some good games, most notably last week they took away Kirk Cousins. But the games that they have succeeded on defense, they've been able to get after the quarterback. This chargers offensive line has been playing lights out. They are bottom five in terms of sacks allowed to their quarterback, AKA that's great. They're top five in that metric. So I think Herbert will be in clean pocket most of the game. And we love his pass catchers, of course. So those are my two cash picks this week.
1: Yeah. I, I like hearing that about, um, about Herbert. I don't know. Is Judavian Clowney going to be back out there this week? I know he left early last week. And, uh, it's funny because fir- I think the first two weeks, Herbert put up you know, 320-plus yards but didn't have the touchdown piece. Then he's kind of been lower on the yards. Now he's got the touchdown piece. If you get all of that put together, you're going to have a week-winning week for Herbert. Um, what are your thoughts? I have, I have Dak in here at uh, 6.9K, facing the Giants, one of the highest over-unders of the week, four touchdowns last week, low yardage totals, but um, they seem to have figured some things out on offense. What are your thoughts on Dak?
0: Yeah, we're going to talk about this game in detail from a GPP perspective in a few minutes. But I agree with you. The Cowboys offense, I think they're going to smash this week. They are at home. Uh They are, last time I looked, a full touchdown favorite in this game. I guess the only concern that I have is just in the past three weeks, we've seen Dak's pass volume come down quite a bit. And maybe it's just because they've been so dang efficient that they don't need to throw the ball a ton. Um, but, you know, Zeke could be the one that walks away with the touchdown. That is a little concerned for me. But at the same time, like, how can you argue Dak at home with a huge implied team total? So, yeah, for sure. I wrote him up in the DFS pass in my GPP pick, so I'm more approaching him from that angle this week. But by all means, I have nothing negative to say about Dak Prescott. He's been lights out.
1: And then uh, I also want to throw Trevor Lawrence out there at 5.8K at home against Tennessee. We spent a lot of time talking on the Fantasy Footballers podcast today just with when you see the Tennessee Titan logo on the jersey across from you. Right now, that's a really, really good thing. Um, obviously, uh, this is another game where uh, they lost DJ Chark, but you have LaVisca Chenault, you got Marvin Jones, you got Dan Arnold into the mix na- now. So uh, at that price, if you want to bargain shop, that's that's where I went. Uh, yeah, running I like backs, it. we running backs. We both have... How do you have a lineup without King Henry in it right now?
0: Yeah, there's not much not to say Not advisable? About it's just... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're playing cash games this week... My personal strategy this week is I do not want to get buried behind the mountain that is Derrick Henry against the Jaguars. I mean, you just have this image, right, of Thursday Night Football, stiff arm after stiff arm for like a 90-yard touchdown run. We've seen him just destroy this defense in the past, and it really is a situation where in past seasons, in DFS, it was way more advisable to fade Derrick Henry because of the fact that he was a one-dimensional running back. Not this year. Mr. 10% target share, Derrick Henry. Yeah. I, I like Derrick Henry a lot this week. I know he's expensive. He's 9,000 on DraftKings, but for the the touches that he's seeing, I mean, what is it, like 35 on average over the last three weeks or something ridiculous? Insane. So insane. If you it's want insane. the safety, pay up for him.
1: All right. And then uh, what do you got beyond King Henry? Zeke has been on a roll. You got him at 7K right now against the Giants in that big game.
0: Yeah, and it's the fact that I think we can see them play with a pretty positive game script, like we talked about, seven-point home favorites. You know, Zeke's just been automatic. And I know early in the season, it was, well, what do we do with Zeke? They're just throwing all all the time. And over the last three weeks, he's been the focal point. So he's been awesome. And I just want to point out in our DFS rankings, which use, uh, Andy, your, Mike, and Jason's projections, he is our top point-per-dollar projection on the entire site this week. So I like Zeke a lot. I may not play him in cash. I'm not sure. But regardless, I'll be playing some lineups for sure with Ezekiel Elliott in there.
1: Uh, as an extension of that conversation, how do you feel about Pollard this week with the game script in mind and, and just how efficient he's been? Will he Is there a chance he gets more play and ends up being a value as well?
0: Yeah, it's sort of tough. I mean, certainly not in cash games. I don't think you can go there because in, in those formats, right. we just care about safety and volume, right? And, you know, in GPPs there's no rules basically if you want to go off the board there with Tony Pollard uh it's totally fine we've seen him like you said be super efficient and full PPR scoring on DraftKings is fine as well so yeah you can mix him in a, in a game stack for sure
1: and then one of the starts of the week that we had on today's show was Leonard Fournette at home against Miami 5.2k you've got him as one of your cash picks here
0: Yes. And if our listeners know for the last couple of years, if there has ever been a week where it's chalk Leonard for net (laughs) week, I have a negative just outlook on this player and and that's my bias. But this week I'm trying to push it to the side (laughs) because of the fact that he is going up against the dolphins who are just bleeding fantasy points to running backs. And last week we saw Leonard Fournette be in every down back for this bucks offense. Of course it depends on if Gio Bernard is out there with the MCL injury and then Ronald Jones just seems to be in Bruce Arians' doghouse as he is three or four times every year. Now I do have a little trepidation about Leonard Fournette, and it's just because of Bruce Arians. That's it. But if you told me That's he fair, was going to get twenty <laughs> touches at that price tag against Miami all day in cash.
1: Well, speaking of twenty touches, the other name I'll throw out there um, is James Robinson at six K. He has that matchup against Tennessee, twenty plus touches for two or twenty plus opportunities for two consecutive weeks. Top 10 fantasy finishes for two consecutive weeks. And, um, you know, I don't see Carlos Hyde coming in there and siphoning uh, more than 20% of the snaps probably this week. Um, And they're going to need to lean on Robinson. So I think he's interesting. What about the wide receiver position? Where are you turning?
0: Yeah, if you're looking to pay up this week, for me, it's Devontae Adams. I want to point out to our listeners, he is the same price on FanDuel as he is on DraftKings, which we always tell you guys is a misprice if he's the same price on FanDuel. That's that's just too cheap for Devontae Adams. For me, he's a cash game lock over on that site. Obviously, if you want to pay up for him on DraftKings, you can definitely do that. Going up against the Bengals, who, yeah, they've been a little bit better this year in the secondary, but Devonta Adams' target share and usage around the goal line just makes him so safe. So if you're paying up for wide receiver, I love him this week. He's 8.2K. All right. Uh, I have Justin Jefferson.
1: He's up at 7.7K right now, has the home matchup against Detroit. He has been reliable this season, um, and I think he's he should be a lock in cash lineups.
0: Yeah, I love uh, it. They should smash right. this game. Who else you got? All right. We have talked a lot about some, some players on some teams that I'm a little worried about. I don't yeah. know if we could be all in on the Jaguars, but without DJ Chark, there is opportunity. And we have seen Marv Jones. Shout out to Kyle. That's his boy. So we got to give him some love. Marv, 5.7K <laughs> against Tennessee. And then I'll also throw out LaVisca Chenault at 4.8K. Again, the Titans, it just... Whatever you think about the Jaguars being a bad team on defense, the Titans are just as bad. So this could be the one of those games where it's just two bad defenses with good to competent offenses that could really put up points. So I'm excited about this matchup. We don't talk about it as, as a game stack this week, but yeah, it's just too cheap for the, for the volume. And you talked about playing Trevor Lawrence, so it makes sense if you want to stack those guys together
1: yeah it seems like that four point eight k especially in tournaments is a player that you gotta work into some lineups with LaVisca. the the fact that he got some downfield targets the fact that they don't have Chark rest of season they're gonna need him <laughs> they just yeah. will to move to move the football and their defense isn't good enough to to let them uh just run the football so i i love that um we both have antonio Brown here in the mix at five point two k um Came right back into a huge target share again last week, just missed the touchdown on a couple plays.
0: Yeah, for sure. And that's what you want to do. You want to go back to those players that were so close to putting up a huge week and, and just missed it. So you follow the volume, you follow the targets. I don't know what it is about Tom and A B, but those two dudes love each other. And uh, and this is a matchup where, you know, we know that the Bucks, they want to throw the ball. I mean, they've just been so Pass heavy that any of these guys really, Mike Evans or Chris Goblin or Antonio Brown can go off in any week, and I definitely want to have some exposure to that Bucks passing attack. Um, and and just what are your thoughts on like Mike Evans? Do you think he sees Xavier uh, Howard in coverage? Like, if you're trying to pick a cornerback matchup, or, or does not really matter to you?
1: Yeah. How do you approach the the price differential between those three guys? Because you you kind of feel like you go into every week, and I don't know if I view them very differently. Like you said, I mean maybe I'm looking at that top. The top cornerback matchup but on a week-to-week basis looking at those three players sometimes i'm just looking at the cheapest
0: yeah for sure and a lot of times i'll just use the roster percentage to guide where i go especially in tournaments sure and right now we have mike evans as the uh least popular of the three and then chris goblin being the most popular so ab is gonna probably come in somewhere between eight and twelve percent i would say in tournaments Potentially lower. I don't think a lot of people are playing that game stack. And so it is a way to get contrarian on the slate. And really, if you want to talk about the Dolphins too, right? I mean, they just lost Will Fuller on IR. They just traded Jakeem Grant. Someone has to catch the football. So that could turn into like a sneaky game stack that not a lot of people are going to play this week. So um, yeah, I I lean AB and then Godwin. And I think Evans would probably be the lowest for me this week.
1: What do you think about when you're talking about safety? You're talking about targets. You're talking about. Deontay Johnson right now if he's on the field he's been reliable how do you feel about 6.5k facing the Denver defense this week got the word today Big Ben there's no chance they'd ever think about benching (laughs) Big Ben and we know Big Ben likes himself some
0: Deontay Johnson I just can't stop reviewing the video of him falling to the side. Oh man. <laughs> That's, That's been just viral so, on, on Twitter. That was so embarrassing. And you watch it over and over again and it, it doesn't get less entertaining. <laughs> no, it's just it's it's gold. Um, but the target share is absolutely insane. He is the first, second, and third read for Big Ben, and then it's Najee Harris, right? So yes, especially if Chase Claypool sits again. I think he's a fine cash game play. I question the upside in tournaments just because of the fact that it's such a low total. I think it's 39 and a half points. I mean, gross. Um, I know. But he's going to see a bunch of volume. And on full PPR sites like DraftKings, if you can rack up seven, eight, nine catches for 60 yards in cash games, that's going to be just fine. So, yes, I think he's a great player.
1: Let's continue the trip down the Jacksonville <laughs> matchup road. <laughs> uh, we both love Dan Arnold this week at 2.9K. I. It seems sneaky, but I think this guy's going to get a ton of targets.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I was I re, I read up the Thursday night football preview for the DFS pass every week, and I warned people. I was like, I don't think Dan Arnold's going to play that much. He was just traded like three days before the game, and what does he do? He comes out and he's like running a ton of routes and seeing targets, and like, what is happening? So he is clearly a part of the offense. They lose DJ Chark. We yeah. talked about the matchup just being beautiful, and he's so cheap. So if you want to punt it off and just you know, go to the basement with uh pricing on DraftKings. Darren Arnold at two point ki think, is totally fine to do. And also, we need to change our, I think, frame of reference on this slate because of the fact that we don't really have great tight end options at all. We're I mean, missing there's a no ton Travis of them, right? Kelsey. There's no Mark Andrews on Monday Night Football. On Thursday night, you know, it's um the Seattle guys Higby. plus Tyler Higby. Yeah, Dawson Knox has been great. He's on Sunday Night there's Football. There's no Kyle there's Pitts no either. There's no Kyle Pitts. Like, who are yeah. we playing at tight end? So... Yeah, Dan Arnold sounds disgusting and gross, but really on this slate, he's a fine uh play at his price tag at 2.9k.
1: And then I'll throw uh, I want to throw Mike Gasicki out there. He's at 4.2, so he's he's quite a bit more expensive, but the last two weeks, I mean, you just talked about the pieces missing in Miami and uh I think we know they're going to get scored on in this game. You may have just you know, whether it's DeVonte Parker, Mike Gasicki's had 18 targets over the last two weeks. Uh, could be kind of sneaky. Uh, on a week when, like you said, there's so much depletion at the tight end position.
0: Yep, I like it a lot. And then, real quick, before we move on to defense, I will just throw out for the listeners: if you're playing over on Fanduel, they just refuse to move Darren Waller's price tag. He is 7.4K over there, which is too cheap for a guy that has the upside and potential target volume that he's going to see. So, if you're playing cash games over there for me this week, I am paying up for Darren Waller.
1: That's great. What do you got for defense?
0: Yes, this is going to be the chalk defense of the week, but I do think it's okay to play them in cash. This is the Washington football team going up against Jameis Winston. They are cheap. They are 2.3 K and it just kind of feels like the Washington football team is going to have a good week at some point on defense. Why not against Jameis Winston, right? So they're so cheap. I won't play them in tournaments, I don't think. And the rationale is that uh, looking at some of the studies that Kyle and I did in the off season was that. DraftKings points do not positively correlate to salary, so just because they tell us that you know the Patriots at four point seven k or whatever they are is the best play of the slate, it's just so hard to predict scoring. So I'm gonna just have a pool of defenses that I think are fine in tournaments and go there. But in in cash games, I mean, by all means, go down to that basement price tag at two point three k with the football team.
1: Yeah, when our, when we were talking about this matchup on on the other show today. It just feels like this could be the game, like you said, for the breakthrough defensive performance at home, Winston is Winston, <laughs> so <laughs> you 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 have an opportunity there, and then um, you have the Dallas defense, which has shown it's shown itself to be a playmaking defense. You have them facing New York, Daniel Jones has a tendency to turn the ball over, and um, you know if the shoe's going to drop there, that's
0: 2.8K for Dallas. I love it, and really, one other thing to note too is just in games that we project a lot of passing volume, that's how defenses score in fantasy. So you want Daniel Jones playing from behind, having to drop back over and over again against the Cowboys, who, like you said, have been um, pretty timely with turnovers and getting after the quarterback and all those sort of things. So yes, they're a great tag at two point K.
1: What about Arizona? They're at home. Their defense has shown the same thing. They can, you know, Byron Murphy intercepting passes number three against the pass. They're at 2.9 K and you may have a shaky quarterback situation uh, either with Jimmy G starting, but with some, some limitations or you've got a rookie and you know, maybe Trey Lance comes out and and blows the doors off, but it's going to be hard on the road against the division mate uh, making your debut with uh, Chandler Jones breathing down your neck.
0: Yeah, totally viable. Absolutely willing to go there for sure. I wrote them up as well in the DFS pass. And then the other one that I'll mention uh, it's Pittsburgh against Mr. Irresponsible, as you guys always say, Drew Oh, Locke. yeah. You know yep. he's turning the football over at least once or twice, so uh, they make for a decent play. And then over on FanDuel, again, with the pricing being soft, you can get up to the Patriots at 5K if you want to. Oh, boy. Taking on oh, Davis Mills. Oh, man. <laughs> he had negative DraftKings be... points last week through four <sighs> interceptions, and now... My man Davis is going up against Bill Belichick off of a loss. I just if, if you have a second, just reach out to Davis. I mean, come on. Send this guy some positive vibes. I am so it, worried about the Texans.
1: It feels like the uh, the Simpsons gif where the grandpa walks in the door, hangs his yes. hat up, turns around, and then takes that. I mean, that's what Davis should do when he walks out on the field, without question. Absolutely. Um, that's going to be a tough one. But, uh, yeah. Now, would your philosophy on the Pittsburgh defense – change at all if if teddy b ends up trending towards playing
0: um i, I think are you still probably, feel okay they're probably less exciting than if drew lock plays but they're still viable and really in tournaments especially if you do want to pay up for defense a lot of opponents that we're going to play against on DraftKings are not going to do that so if you predict a potentially good game from pittsburgh on the defensive side it's a way to get different
1: all right sounds good let's move on stack attack all right, uh, let me let me ask you a question before we jump into stack attack because, like I said, I'm I'm a sponge, right? I, this is a brand new year for us Arizonans getting to play DFS, um, and I'm putting you on the spot here, so you can take a second. But are there are there a couple of high level, you know, this is DFS for the rest of us, right? This show, are there a couple of high level things that when you're talking to somebody, maybe you got a friend that's new to DFS? That are like, man, if I had known this on day one when I got into DFS, or or this is something that just kind of, no matter what during the week, I'm looking here. Um, what were some of the things that maybe you you made mistakes with, or things that are are, are you know just core to the way you approach it?
0: Yeah, one thing that uh, this is an easy answer for me because I made a ton of mistakes when I first started playing, and one thing that I would do is just get so stuck on a narrative or like a take that I had early in the week and then not adapt to enough of the news or be willing to kind of play the other guy, especially at the wide receiver position. I mean, Tyler Lockett gets such a bad rap for consistency, right? But um, we know that every wide receiver is inconsistent. And the data that we looked at with the correlation score for the wide receiver one and the quarterback is like 0.55. The correlation from the wide receiver two is 0.53. So at any given week, it could be DeAndre Hopkins or it could be AJ Green or heck Christian Kirk. And I think, I didn't embrace that variance enough in tournaments. I said, I'm playing this stack this week. That's it. No questions asked. And what really I think the advantage is if, if you play multiple lineups, you can get exposure to these guys in different ways so that you're not sort of stuck holding the bag. And it helps to reduce the variance, I think, a little bit. And as well, it just kind of gives you more shots at the lotto ticket that we're trying to hit in tournaments. So be willing to play multiple pass catchers or different pass catchers with your quarterback, because in reality, you know, we can say all the stuff that we like about a guy or, the cornerback matchup and all that sort of stuff. But when it comes down to it, there's so much variance associated with with wide receivers and passing the football that you need to embrace it in tournaments.
1: Awesome. Appreciate it. Uh, let's go here. San Francisco, Arizona. Beautiful 50 point over under the DK Sportsbook line here. Arizona minus five and a half at home. I'm not positive. I think maybe that went up a half a point over the course of the week. Well, maybe some question marks with the uh, the San Francisco offense. But this is a game we're targeting for some stacks. How are you approaching this matchup?
0: Yeah, this is one that I think is, it could go over. I, th- I think it does go over the total. And the reason is, you know, these Cardinals games, they're averaging the third most combined points. Meanwhile, 49ers games are averaging the eighth most combined uh, points. So it- it's a game that I think really has a lot of appeal to it. And I usually like to stack on the team that's favored. So I'm looking at the Cardinals this week. We talked about Kyler Murray. Obviously, nothing negative to say about the guy, averaging 318 yards, 2.3 passing touchdowns per game. He's found the end zone with his legs in three or four weeks. So he's great. The question becomes where do you go at the wide receiver position? Because it's just so spread out. And this feels like a week that whenever I see DeAndre Hopkins on the board and I know he's going to come in at less than 10% in tournaments you take your shot so for me i really like DeAndre hopkins this week he's had a couple of quiet weeks we know that he's so talented you can't keep him down that long and this 49er secondary just two weeks ago was playing josh norman as starting corner uh, they are super banged up in the secondary I-, I think he's gonna win this week but love kyler and then you know i mean, maybe i'll kick it back to you in terms of the san francisco side debo has been awesome george kittle has been so quiet but he's George Kittle. Is this the week, Andy, Mr. Million Maker, is this the week for George (laughs) Kittle in this game stack? I don't think so. I don't think it it. (laughs) is. And I wish that it
1: was. I think I just got word uh, we're recording this Thursday afternoon, but I don't think he practiced again. So I I don't know if this is going to be that breakout game. We keep waiting for it. It's just... It's a bewildering thing to say out loud that Max Williams, Dosekis, who looks like he is <laughs> at least 30 pounds over where he should be, is putting up performances, getting targets, and becoming an integral part of this Cardinal offense. And we're sitting here scratching our heads, waiting for George Kittle to have that breakout. You know, last week the targets were there, right? A couple of big plays just missed. But I think I'm a little shaky with what happens. Behind center this week. And, you know, all bets are off when, even with Debo, there's some hesitancy because we don't know what that Trey Lance office is going to look like on day one. And if he ends up being the starter, yeah, he in and of himself is a great play. But I don't know if he's got eyes for Debo the way that Jimmy Garoppolo does. And so, you know, I think there are some people that are looking at Debo up and, You know, seven over seven thousand, and then looking at Brandon Ayuk at four and a half thousand, saying, "I can take a shot there in a tournament, and and maybe I catch catch that Brandon Ayuk week."
0: Yeah, I don't hate that call at all. He's just dirt cheap, and we did just get news actually today, as we're recording, that uh, Jimmy G did not practice again on Thursday, so it is looking not great for Jimmy out there this week. So if it is Trey Lance. We just know that rushing quarterbacks take away some volume from passing. So this is not a game stack for me this week that I would go like double Cardinals, double you know 49ers. I'm not going full stack, but I do think that you could pick one and bring it back with. But reality is we just don't know who it's going to be. So take your shot, use the roster percentage report to find a guy that you can get different with in the DFS pass and then go from there. But I do think. Ayuk has to have a game sooner or later, right? I mean, come on. With the
1: snaps being where they're at again, I think he has to. Uh, but man, it, it might be a bit of a bit of a road to figuring out what that offense does with Trey Lance behind center. But I'm all I'm all in. I'm with you. I've already I've got some tournament lineups in with the with the Murray Hopkins stack because I I had the exact same thought that you did with the pricing and with the it, it's time right like this is a Hopkins due to kind of take a. a at least a bigger chunk of that, that target share that he's been so benevolently sharing with Christian Kirk and A.J. Green and Rondale Moore and Max Williams over the last few weeks. Certainly don't have a Ramsey on the other side to disturb it. So uh, let's, let's get in on that stack this week.
0: Love it. What are you thinking on your Vegas pick?
1: Oh, that's right. Um, look, I, I, I feel like the, the three of us here, being Homer Cardinal fans, like the more we've doubted them this year, the better they've played. But I guess I'll go Arizona. <laughs> I think Fair I enough. think the the shakiness at quarterback on the other side. I think the Cardinals will take care of business at home and be able to cover the five and a half. All
0: right, I like it. And what do I you like got? Over this, I like the over in this one, and I, I want to say the Niners because it's a divisional game. But yeah, if it is Trey Lance, I, I do I lean with take uh laying the points rather with Arizona, but. It doesn't feel right. I'm gonna do it anyway. I'm gonna do it anyway. I'll take I'll take the Cardinals. Okay, I, I I appreciate that. That is a, a quite the courtesy. <laughs> Didn't want to for get me. fired on the show.
1: Well, oh, it's funny because Trey Trey could probably have a spectacular fantasy performance and still have like a couple mistakes, a couple turnovers that that turn the tides in this one. Let's move right. on to that game. We've we've already teased it a little bit, but the Giants, the Cowboys in Dallas, implied point total for Dallas oh, uh, almost thirty points. DK has the line at Dallas minus seven, 52 point over under. There's a lot to like about this game, right? How are you approaching uh stack decisions here? You talked about Dak and worrying about the goal line a little bit with Zeke and how well they're running the football. Um, what's the, what's the Dallas Dak combo that you like the most?
0: Yeah, this is a great spot in my opinion, to go back to CD lamb. Uh, I love lamb this week after two bad games, you know, he's a guy that you just can't keep down for so long. And I don't think Dalton Schultz 32 and a half percent target share over the last two weeks is sustainable. Um, he's a tight end a and B he's Dalton Schultz. So <laughs> I think that he can be fine in a game stack if you want to go with him with Dak. But for me, I'm looking at a, a CD lamb this week. He is cheap. His price came down by 500 bucks on DraftKings. And I love playing wide receivers that, you know, DraftKings is pretty uh, sensitive to performance week to week. So whenever they drop a guy in price, I'm looking to go right back to him. So I'm going to CD Lamb in this matchup, six point two k.
1: I really like that. Do you do you find yourself having Amari Cooper hesitancy in general, just knowing he's dealing with the hamstring and the fact that you could see this guy limp off and injure week at any moment.
0: Yeah, for sure. And uh, Kyle played him last week in cash and we were texting during the game. He's just like, dude, I, Amari Cooper in and out of the lineup, like so mad. And then all of a sudden he, he scores a touchdown. Kyle's so happy all of a sudden again. But yes, I do think that is a little bit of a concern. I know they're saying it's not a huge deal, but anytime a player that plays a skill position has a hamstring issue, it is a factor. So that's why I prefer CD Lamb this week. But again, if you wanted to sprinkle Amari Cooper in in large field tournaments, certainly you can do it.
1: The Jason Garrett revenge game narrative. You've got the giant side of the ball here. Daniel Jones, I don't know the, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but he's not far off of Jalen Hurts' rushing totals this year. So that's that's one of those special elements he brings to the game. He's six thousand on on DraftKings. I know Mike likes him this week. Um, I also last week Kadarius Tony was one of my favorite, you know, kind of dart throw players in in tournaments. I think he was three thousand last week. He's up to four this week. But I don't know if we're going to see Sterling Shepard out there again or Darius Slayton. How are you viewing the other side of the ball here?
0: Yeah, it's a great point because really it matters a lot. Like if Sterling Shepard's out there, then I'm not super interested in Evan Ingram. And, you know, if Darius Slayton's out there, then it takes away a little bit from potentially Kadarius Tony. So those two guys are the most important injuries to monitor in this game. And if they sit, um, I like the call with Kadarius Toney if you want to go with a really cheap option. We saw him get a little bit more work last week. But to me as well, I know Evan Ingram is just like the grossest name in fantasy when you talk about him because you know exactly what he's going to do. You get excited, you see the routes, you see the targets. And what yeah. does he do? Put up like six DraftKings points, right? But again, on a slate where like we need someone to play a tight end, he is cheap. He's 3.2K. So I think he's probably viable as a bring back option here. Again, really don't feel super confident about it. In my opinion, he's got a pretty low floor. So I don't know that I'm looking there in cash games, but I think if you want to stack this in tournaments, uh, Evan Ingram is fine. And then what are your thoughts on Kenny G? I feel like we haven't seen a Kenny G game in a while, but this we... game environment is going to be great.
1: Yeah, and I think he's teasing us a little bit recently, especially the last game getting higher up there in the yardage totals. I'm pretty optimistic with the trajectory of of Kenny G uh he was banged up in training camp there's he was obviously frustrated early in the season but um you know I'm I'm okay taking a shot there he's he's going to compete and he's going to be a touchdown threat touchdowns have been a problem for Daniel Jones this year but if you're going to catch it in a divisional game I don't mind it I I'm I think he's heading the right direction
0: yeah I like it and this is a game too that I don't think you know listeners like you need to get locked into a certain strategy like if you're asking us you know on twitter or if you're messaging us it it, were in discord sometimes in the dfs channel if you're saying hey should i play this guy in this game the answer is probably yes in a stack right just be willing to create multiple lineups around this game because there's going to be points and we know just with correlation like if Dak and the cowboys put up a ton of points they're going to push daniel jones to have to put up points so i'm excited about this game i'll probably have a couple different stacks where it's you know zeke on one side and then i go daniel jones and maybe kenny galladay or vice versa, where it's Dak and CeeDee Lamb coming back with Kenny G, something like that. But definitely get creative. Definitely play this game. I think it's going to be a ton of fun for fantasy.
1: I'm with you. Let's go Green Bay here. Green Bay at 3-1, and one, going to the 3-1 and one Cincinnati Bengals. DK Sportsbook line, Green Bay, 3.5-point road favorites here, 50-point over-under. But I think one of the big storylines, maybe a product of <laughs> – maybe that's why we get that high over under is Jair Alexander. He's got the injury. Um uh, Joe Burrow may get T Higgins back in this one. There's some things to like here and we're wondering if, you know, on our on our redraft side if Joe Burrow is not going to see the passing volume continue to increase as he becomes more comfortable in the pocket off the injury. I mean, do you agree with that narrative that that they're going to put, you know, Zach Taylor has been known for throwing the football. Now you lose Joe Mixon. He may have no choice but to uh, bring Joe Burrow along even faster.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. And and we talk about this a lot on our show. Of Like, in DFS, if you wait for it to happen, you're too late. You need to be ahead of the curve. And so I'm going to be playing some Joe Burrow stacks this week for sure. We saw it last week, and I know they were trailing, like, the entire game. So they kind of had to throw a a lot. But who says Aaron Rodgers and the Packers can't hang... 20 points on him in the first half and they have to do the exact same thing. And yes, I agree. I think they do regress to what Zach Taylor wants to do, which is throw the football. And the offensive line for the Bengals has only allowed Joey B to be sacked one time in the last two weeks. So maybe they see that and they say, okay, like our offensive line is playing better. Burrow's a month into the season. He's more comfortable. Jamar Chase is balling out. We got T Higgins back. Tyler Boyd's doing his thing in the slot. Let's sling it. So I do want to be ahead of the curve here. I will for sure be playing some Joe Burrow in this one.
1: A lot of talk about Samaj P. Ryan and Chris Evans potentially sharing the load or if Joe Mixon happens to sit, again, could put more pressure on the passing game. Like you said, Green Bay is going to put up points. Last week, the Randall Cobb start was a big one for people. Um, how do you feel about chasing that this week at 4,000, though? I don't love
0: it. No, I don't think I do either. <laughs> I think that was lightning in a, in a bottle. And you played a, a lineup with him. I in did. Atlantic. And I said to you, what's the process here? Because he wasn't even on my radar. But you said, you know, MBS is out. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers literally asked or said, I'm not signing until he comes back to play with me. So, yeah, if you want to mix him in in large field tournaments, by all means, be our guest. I personally am not going to be playing him, um, especially with a guy at his like his profile at this point in his career. When you see a big game coming, I'm not sure that we can buy into it. And, you know, for that reason, as they say, I'm out. (laughs) And are you willing to spend up on the Rogers Adams connection in this one on the road? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think Devontae Adams is going to be very popular in tournaments. So just know that if you are going there, you're not going to be the only one doing it, as we talked about with cash games. but. Nothing negative to say about De- Devontae Adams. And, of course, we know when Devontae has his huge games, you know, two touchdowns and over 125 yards, it's because Aaron Rodgers goes off. So if you want Devontae Adams in a tournament, by all means, bring him. Uh, bring Aaron Rodgers with you. I think he's going to have a great game.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I was, before we move on, I'm seeing these two tight ends. We're talking about how weak the tight end position is. Somebody has to play there. Uzama had his career game last week. He's 3,000. Robert Tunyon has really disappointed still at 4.3 that feels like i can save money elsewhere versus taking the shot with Tunyon and rogers
0: yeah uh, it's so tough because you really know all he these wants guys, a big he wants I to mean, give him the ball right he he wants yeah. that but is he going to i'm not sure and really i think we would all be lying if we said that this is the breakout game for robert Tunyon. we just don't know um but last week season high in snaps targets and routes run So certainly you can take a shot in a a tournament. Um, And the reality is with all these guys that are sitting between like 3.5 and 4.5 thousand on DraftKings, like you're just hoping for a touchdown, really. So it's thin, it's tough, and I am not chasing CJ Uzama's huge Thursday Night Football performance. He had five combined targets the first three weeks of the season. No thank you.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. Detroit at 0-4, heading up to Minnesota. The Vikings are 1-3. DK Sportsbook line has Minnesota minus eight, over under a 50 points. You know, it was disappointing last week to not see that Cleveland-Minnesota game end up with more fantasy value. I think, you know, a lot of people started Odell Beckham. A lot of people were interested in Thielen and and chasing the, you know, Cousins had been on a roll, and they put up seven points. Um, What's your approach to this one, and what are some of the stacks that you're comfortable with? I mean, when you see Detroit on the other side of the ball – I think you get excited, don't you?
0: <laughs> you kind of have to. Um, <laughs> yeah, and this is a game, too, you know, in a dome with really two bad defenses, two pretty bad secondaries. I know they made Baker look pretty, uh, pretty awful last week, but, you know, there's, as of now, as of Thursday when we're recording, two of the Vikings... Uh, members of their secondary are on the COVID list and I'm not sure if they tested positive or, or what the situation is so monitor that but an already weak secondary could be down a couple of starters and so if that happens we could certainly see a bit of a shootout here um, I really like Justin Jefferson as you pointed out this you know in the cash game section I think Kirk Cousins is a very viable tournament play 25 25.2 and 28.1 draftings points the first three weeks of the season, Detroit ranks 30th in pass defense DVOA. So someone on the Vikings side is going to have a great game. And usually we say it's kind of tricky to predict who it's going to be. Not on this team, right? Like, look at where the end zone targets are going. These two guys, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, combining for 76% of the end zone targets in Minnesota. If Kirk Cousins is throwing touchdowns, it's probably to those two guys. So I will play at least one stack with Justin Jefferson, at least one stack with Adam Thielen, and then probably one with both of them because if he goes off, uh, it could be a big day for the entire team.
1: Tyler Conklin had a big week two weeks ago, got slowed down last week, but still had target share. He's another tight end to throw into the mix if you're taking, um, you know, you don't have the big guys to choose from this week. What do you do with Detroit? You know, Jared Goff is top five in passing yards, uh, so you know he's throwing the football. Teams have slowed T.J. Hawkinson down. Last week we got two touchdowns from Raymond. Um, Quintes Seafish, if you don't pay attention to him, will go for 90. If you pay attention to him, he'll disappear. What, what's your approach with trying to capitalize on any of that yardage that we might see? And, you know, like you said, it's a 50-point over-under. Both teams struggle on the defensive side of the ball.
0: It feels like there's a tournament play there on the Detroit side. It definitely does, and I'm not really chasing the wide receivers, and it's probably because when I play, like, I'm more playing in those smaller field tournaments, so, like, 400 to 800 on average uh, entrance. I'm not, you know, entering these huge, like, thousands and thousands and thousands of people tournaments in those kind of settings, for sure, mix in a couple of these pass catchers or or take a dart throw on one of them. But, really, I'm looking at the two household names here. It's Deandre Swift and it's t j Hawkinson, and you know, outside of last uh, two weeks ago, rather when Hawkinson had I think it was like two targets, he's been seeing a lot of volume, and we talked about it on a slate where there's not a lot of options at tight end. He could certainly be one that pays off his salary and then also leads the tight end position on the slate. So I think he's fine as a bring back and then what's your temperature on Deandre Swift because? I'm excited about him as eight-point underdogs, that he could just rack up a ton of PPR volume on DraftKings, and that's really what we want from him. We kind of want him playing as a wide receiver, not, you know, Derrick Henry, run between the tackles, over and over kind of guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to ignore whatever sentence or two is coming out of Lions camp every single week. You know, it was like last week, you're going to see a lot more more of DeAndre Swift, and while it was technically true, 73% of snaps but no production, and then this week it's, well, it's a hot-hand approach with Jamal Williams. Look, DeAndre Swift is is an elite pass catcher. Uh, the The Vikings are heavy favorites. I think you just jump right back in. You don't react to last week's disappointment, so I'm with you on that. I Swift is one of the most electric players in the game, and um, th- there's an opportunity here, and, and maybe in tournaments you're going to see a lower roster percentage just because of uh, how burnt people felt last week. Yeah, I like it. All right, let's uh, hop into the mailbag. Mailbag. All right, if you have questions for future episodes, you can send them in to uh, at Kyle underscore Borg or at the Fantasy PT. Let's jump in here. Aaron writes in from Twitter. I know Alan Robinson hasn't been good so far this year, but does his price this week on DK entice you at all to play him now or in the future even with a bad matchup on paper. It's a good question especially in light of the transition to Justin Fields. Allen Robinson this week is at 5500 on DraftKings. How are you feeling about this one? I think it's one of the biggest topics in fantasy.
0: Not great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> There's no real other way to put it, right? I mean, it's been Awful uh for the player as good as he is, and what you expected, especially in redraft leagues at his ADP. Seeing him at 5.5k is just silly, right? Like it's an auto-click. It seems like it should be anyway. But there's valid concerns, obviously, about the offense and about rookie quarterback play and Darnell Mooney and all those sort of things. Now, with that being said, no one, and I mean no one, is going to click the button on Alan Robinson this week. So if you do want to play, you know that kind of game theory mindset of well, I know I'm going to create huge leverage on the field. I think it's totally fine. I'm not looking there personally, and again, in those smaller field tournaments that I play, I'm not playing him. But if you're in these huge field tournaments, no one's going to be playing him, so I think it's totally viable. I feel like we're all being
1: set up by Alan Robinson himself. To you know, once everybody gives up and quits, he'll go out and remind us who he is. That being said, I'm with you. <laughs> it's like Justin Fields <laughs> completed 11 passes in a victorious effort. Like 11 passes. That's That That was an old <laughs> Allen Robinson great day as 11 catches, like just by right. himself. So um very scared to go out on a limb with Robinson, but you're right. I mean, the, the price point is so tempting. Let's go to a question here from Josh. Josh Dillman says, is uh, Samaj P. Ryan a cash lock for the game theory of moving with the crowd and him being so cheap? I assume this is in a no- Joe Mixon situation
0: yeah definitely and that's that's the thing with DFS is everyone falls all over themselves to play the backup running back when the starter is out because it kind of feels like you have this like golden ticket and they're usually very cheap and he is he is the stoneman for a running back on DraftKings at 4k that being said he's Samaji Pirine so (laughs) really the (laughs) it's one of the things working against him is who he is (laughs) at the core Yeah. And you know what it is? I'm still just burnt by spending like the fifth overall pick in a dynasty rookie draft on him like four years ago or whenever that was that everyone loved him. But um, yeah, the reality is when you don't play a cheap running back, if assuming Joe Mixon is out, he's going to be one of the most heavily rostered players in the field because of his price tag. And you have to be willing to ask yourself, how do I get buried by this player? If Samaji Piran goes out and gives you 13 points in a cash game that's probably good enough. In a tournament, it's not going to bury you. So I think that if he does play, he is a cash game consideration. But in tournaments, he would be an obvious no play for me because of the fact that he'd be so popular. And I don't know, what's his ceiling, would you say? Like 15 points, 16 points?
1: Yeah, at the most. I mean, one of the things that people, they reacted and they, you know, in redraft leagues and things, they spin up on Pirine. But, you know, he was seeing the field on third down with Joe Mixon. And you kind of wonder if you're going to see more of a, uh, you know, everyone would react in with Eckler if Eckler went down, they'd react with Justin Jackson. No, that's a that'd be Roundtree, right? Like Roundtree's going to come in and play that role, and Jackson might play third down. You know, you could have Chris Evans come in, and P Ryan could have the exact same role, and then you're burnt. So uh, I have some hesitancy there. The matchup is whatever. I think they're going to put more on Burrow, so. Yeah, I'm I, i I'm scared. I'm scared of Samajie And like you said, the ceiling, I don't think, I mean, I guess he could score a couple times if they really gave him everything, but I don't put the odds very high. Yep, I'm with you. Sola Felix 29. I like this. I want to talk about it. Ricky Seals Jones is my punt this week. Have I gone too far?
0: I just can't. You know, I'm just listening to Jason. Jason, or, in my or, ear, or or or, <laughs> yeah, or. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I mean that catch on Thursday Night Football a couple weeks ago was it was awesome. so good. It was so good. I don't know. And on any other slate, I might just say like, don't bother, kind of thing. But we talked about it. Like, there's no strong plays at tight end outside of the top couple of names. I think anyone really isn't play as a punt option this week, especially if you're playing their quarterback. If you're going to play Taylor Heineke or something like that, I think he's fine. Um, I'm gonna build. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna build
1: a a Heineke, Ricky Seals, Jones stack right now. All right, that's what I'm gonna do. Uh, While you discuss the merits of of playing him, I'm going to ignore any negatives you say and build (laughs) the lineup out right here right now. Are you genuinely excited about Ricky Seals, Jones? Excited isn't the word, but I see the path right. Like you have (laughs) Curtis Samuel, that's likely to have. He's gonna have limited snaps. He could miss the game. We don't know what his involvement's going to be. You know TMC is there, but um, look, you get, I, I think Ricky Seals-Jones could see more targets than we're, any of us are comfortable with. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it, could, sure. it could be a surprisingly good performance from Ricky Seals-Jones at 2,500. And, you know, last week, everybody was fawning over the Will Disley opportunity. And, you know, I can't see this Ricky Seals-Jones opportunity as worse than that one. I actually yeah. think it might be a little bit better.
0: And really in cash games too, like if you put up a zero with your tight end at that cheap, it kinda doesn't matter. So right. he's totally fine.
1: All right. Uh last one here, Toru writes in. Can you discuss the process being uh the process behind picking contests to enter and to fade? What influences the strongest? What influences are the strongest in that decision? Number of entries, price pool, entry fee, et cetera. It's a good question. I echo this uh, to you. What do? You, how do you view these?
0: Yeah, this is, it's sort of a loaded question because there's many ways to answer it, but it's sort of a, well, it depends answer. Um, It depends on a lot of things. It depends on your bankroll, how comfortable you are entering contests as far as their entry fee. It depends on how long you've been playing DFS, if you've been successful with your process or not. So it's really tough to answer from a do this sort of standpoint. But for me, my process is more as a cash game player. You know, I'm looking at contests that have a uh, maybe not as top heavy as a payout, but still are easy to cash in because there's nothing worse than like firing off dart throws after dart throws after dart throws in tournaments and just losing week week after week after week. I mean, it takes a lot of mental stamina to do that. I don't know what you're talking about. Drafting. What is this yeah.
1: losing thing that you're talking about? I've heard about it, but
0: I'm not yeah, familiar. Do no, I don't do yeah, that. You're part of like the one percent of the crowd that just fires in the million maker.
1: And wins That's right. That's right. Now, I this is the worst thing that could have happened to me because even though I won, well, I shouldn't say it like that, but even though I won. I'm like committed to Millie Makers for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? I'll give it back over the next 10 years, chasing right. the high of that
0: one week. Right, for sure. But to answer this question, <laughs> I would say evaluate what your risk tolerance is and evaluate what your bankroll is and then go from there. And, and I've said it a couple of times on the show already, but for me... I prefer to play in those smaller size tournaments. I think you can win more often. And I think that you're more likely to see a better ROI on consistency basis, which is more important to me, maybe not to someone else who has more risk tolerance. That's just what it comes down to.
1: All right. Well, cool. This was fun. I'm glad we got a chance to hang out and talk a little DFS. Um, we appreciate, I know myself, I'll speak for our listeners too, that uh, appreciate everything you guys do each and every week, bring uh, your insights to the DFS world. I love hearing from listeners that have benefited, that have had the success that they've had. And uh, let me just say this from, from our side of things, because, you know, we're in the Slack channel. We're in the DFS channel. We're talking about what's going on with the show. Those of you out there, Kyle and Betsy get hyped when you succeed. They have reached that point, just like we have on the footballer's side, where your success is the weekend like if you if their picks they're hit they hit they're hyped about that more than their own winnings and that's exciting um for all of you and and you've got two great guys here so i've just been thrilled to be able to join you this week and um obviously i'm going to go out and win another millie
0: maker this week
1: and uh i think dfs will be my thing at
0: that point (laughs) yes no as andy said we love when you guys win we love when you send us your screenshots um, that is the success of the show, the DFS Pass. So, yes, if you haven't already, come check out the DFS Pass. The price, Andy, I'm just going to say this straight up to you the price is ridiculous. It is far too mm. cheap. Use the code DFS pod, save some cash on that, and come play with us because that's what it's all about.
1: Yeah. And, uh, what they can go to ballersdfs.com to enter weekly contests, right? That's um, right. You'll be directed right to the DraftKings League, the Fantasy Footballers DFS, Borg and Bets contests. I see them popping through all the time. Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So, uh, it's a great contest to invite your friends to. First timers, and uh, I've gotten into a couple of them as well. So, without further ado, we got another
0: weekend of football ahead of us. Yes, we do. It was fun hanging out, Betsy. I think it's DeAndre Hopkins week. DeAndre Hopkins stole the money. Let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Take care. See you guys next week. Mm Bye.